0: Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. And today I have a beautiful, fabulously talented, lovely guest, Mr. Colby from Conspiracy Playtime. How are you?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for the compliments there.
0: You are so very welcome. So for guests who do not know you yet... Uh, they will love you, just as I do. But introduce yourself and what other podcasts that you do.
1: Uh, my name is Colby. I have two podcasts. One of them, Janet already mentioned, Conspiracy Playtime. That one's been going on strong. Oh, coming up year and a half-ish. And nice. Nice. Then- the other one is with somebody who's been on Janet's podcast before, named Dusty, and that one is called Disinfobation, mm-hmm. and that's like masturbating with disinformation. And <laughs> we've, we found that, you know, the two of us together, we kind of just push each other to boundaries we didn't know could go that far out. And uh, so that one's been going on since last April and uh, plan to be doing that one as long as dusty and i can
0: so. so is uh is that the story of how you got the name
1: <laughs> well the story is uh, dusty wanted to call it two jerks in a podcast <laughs> and when I he love said dusty <laughs> when he said jerk i just automatically thought of masturbation so at the time that really big uh, what was that shit show going on that that broad that was like the Ministry of Truth, and she was a karaoke. Oh yeah! So they were talking about doing the Ministry of Disinformation, and yeah. And so we just masturbation and disinformation together. It just was meant to be. <laughs> and we we went on uh, Matt's podcast, the one he does with Ryan, uh-huh. and we just we got a chuckle how of both of our our titles were double entendres for jerking off. <laughs>
0: Well, you're very, uh, at home here on this podcast. I Well, Janet, that. you're the
1: one that taught me that you can be as grody as you want and still be really smart and make good right? points. And uh, I, right? yeah. So I have, yeah. You think for that.
0: And I think, you know, we have to be able to like laugh at ourselves and have self deprecating humor. And I have very dark sense of humor anyway. And so, um, I don't feel the need to censor myself. And if that turns people off uh, fabulous because you weren't meant to be in my circle anyway, you know,
1: just saying, I mean, when you're offended by something, you should just take a pause and ask yourself, what is it about me that Nick that gets this visceral right. reaction about that topic? And you might find some shit out about yourself, so yeah, oh, that, I love being offended. It doesn't happen very often, but uh, when it does, yeah. I'm like, whoa, it is so, so, so hard to offend
0: me. Um, we have a guest staying with us right now, and he's always like tiptoeing around um stuff. And I'm like, You seriously can say whatever you want because I am like the least offendable person that you will probably ever meet.
1: (laughs) Is this an old friend of your husband's or something?
0: Um, Actually, it is a fellow podcaster. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, that uh, has uh, relocated to Tennessee. So he is uh, staying with us right now, which has been um, fun.
1: (laughs) Well, hey, I'm thinking about doing that same thing. I well, I've there been you looking go. At Eastern Tennessee. I love I've, East Tennessee. I've yeah. just I don't know where you are exactly, but I was looking at these little towns just Friday, so a couple days ago. Yes. I've been looking at little areas over there, and that to me, because I love mountains. Uh,
0: it and- is so. It is so beautiful there, but. Um, There's so many, like, little towns are amazing, but, like, the big touristy areas completely stay away from because they are so... um, it's like traveling to um like branson if you've ever been there
1: that i was looking at it i haven't been there oh no. my
0: god like in the height of touristy season what is literally like 5 minutes away from you could take you 3 hours oh wow yeah Just and foot so, traffic or uh yes like oh, bumper yeah. to bumper um <laughs> on, a, on a very small uh you know like highway or whatever uh but kind of in the, the congestion of like LA traffic.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a
0: fluster. (laughs) So we live, um, not in East Tennessee, but we, uh, live out in the country, which I love so much because, um, there's always deer and beavers and eagles and all kinds of stuff. All your friends. Yeah. So I, I like sit outside and I talk to all of them and yeah. My husband calls me Snow White, but yeah. I love it. <laughs> we a went to, talent. yeah, we went to, uh, an Amish, uh, farm and, uh, market yesterday. And of course they had a bunch of animals and so they're starving and ready to eat. And I am outside literally petting and talking to all the animals, <laughs> Do you eat meat? I do nice. yes, yes, I do. Um, I love the uh, carnivore world. Yes, I do. I'm not built for plant-based no. My body does not like that whatsoever.
1: I don't think anybody's body likes it, but people can talk themselves into it.
0: yeah, no, it it you know i t- I tried that for a while, but it made me feel like absolute garbage on a stick. so uh, yeah, like I threw that out the window pretty quick. It-
1: My co-host on Conspiracy Playtime, Jeremiah, he's a vegan and he's been doing it for for shit, a decade probably. And Mm -hmm. he's the only guy I know who's healthy, can pull it off, but he just has to constantly eat all the Mm -hmm. time. And I think that's how you do it. I mean, he'll eat a salad to him is like a bowl that you would like put on the table at a family dinner. (laughs) And that's what he has to do to keep going.
0: Give me that uh, 12 pound salad right there. Yeah, Yeah, I can't eat that. Yeah, I can't eat that much uh, salad. I love salad and I love making like really unusual things in salad. But salad shoots right back out the other end quickly. You got to have some meat in there to catch it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> A meat net. I'm going to put a meat net on my butt hole.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think we just figured something out.
0: Anybody listening that's an entrepreneur that wants to get on that, get on that.
1: <laughs> you don't even have to give us credit for it.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Please don't put my name on that. <laughs> if you I'll do put you the conspiracy
1: playtime on it, I will take a cut. <laughs>
0: So for the listeners who do not know, what do you do? I really uh, for, want to talk work, to you about this because I love it. Yes.
1: Uh, I make soap, which I forgot we did brush on that when you're on mm-hmm. my show. That's right.
0: So what got you into that?
1: Uh, a short answer would be Craigslist. I just uh, moved. to. I oh, wasn't you know. picking up a bar of soap, was it? No, it, <laughs> if you pick up a bar of soap after reading the Craigslist, dad, you might be in the uh, what is it, misconnection section? Or
0: uh, <laughs> wait, do you remember that um internet sensation video that go was going around for a while? No, no, don't touch me there. That is my no, no square.
1: I don't know if I saw that.
0: What? No, oh my gosh, yeah. <clears throat> that was like a, a fabulously famous uh clip there for a while it was came out like when the old uh uh you know trials or the approvals for the judges was going on and oh so it's pretty recent then yeah okay yeah was, i didn't oh, see it yeah So I need um, to get on
1: Instagram. So you and Davey could send me that shit.
0: Right. Oh my God. Davey has the best stuff. I can literally be having like one of those days where like my energy went in the pooper because excuse me, onion burps, um, (laughs) talking, you know, through problems with a bunch of people and whatnot. And so like my energy will be a little drained and then he will just send me one reel after another, like he knew. I needed something, and he always sends something to me that I have to watch multiple times, and it makes me laugh so hard that I'm bawling by the time I'm done.
1: Yeah, I I do want to comment on that before we get back to the soap story, because Davey is, I think put here for that purpose oh he is amazing and he even knows that you know he just smiles at everybody all day long and yeah just a beacon of light and I you know was on his podcast last summer but I couldn't see his face and then when we had him on (laughs) disinformation I just he's just ear to ear I know and his laugh is just so contagious but yeah He's,
0: he's he is the funnest person and it's like it is um infectious like his energy is is infectious and And if you guys don't know who we're talking about, um, Davey from Red Pill Cartel, funny, funny dude. And his show is so much fun to do. I had uh, him and Nico on mine together and oh my word, it was the most hilarious show and my sides hurt from laughing after we were done.
1: I'm going to have to go back and listen to that. one. Well, yeah, I don't it know was, if I missed it or not. It I
0: was, it was a long time ago, but oh my God, it was so freaking funny. And I'm like, I seriously am going to have to wear a diaper if I have the two of them on together again, because <laughs> it was one of those, you know, I'm old, can't control my bladder all the time when I laugh. And I'm like, you guys are like dangerous for me oh. or I'm going to sit on a bucket. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I may have heard it if it was a while ago, and I just didn't know who he was yet. On Twitter, when I first joined Twitter last year, I saw his logo, Mm -hmm. the goat, Nigel. Yeah. So I followed him, and as soon as I followed him, he followed me back. He's like, hey, man, you want to come on my podcast? I was like,
0: okay. He's such (laughs) a great dude. Yeah, as soon as he started his, I was like, you have to come on my show. And then uh, like him and Nico are good friends, and they've done a lot of stuff together. And I'm like, we'll have you both at the same time. Oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Um, Side splitting fun, having both of them at the same time was, it was fabulous. Yeah. So, shout out, Davey. We love you.
1: Hi, Davey. <laughs> oh.
0: So, anyways, um, you were not picking up a bar of soap, but you were checking out Craigslist.
1: Yeah, so I Southern Oregon kind of called to me when I was living in Eugene, Oregon, which is kind of a weird... Yeah, we almost <laughs> moved shimful. there for, Ooh, for my husband's year.
0: job. Uh, it's only been, maybe it was like 2018, I think.
1: Okay, yeah, so I, w- I was living there in the time that Obama and Hillary were primarying against each other, I guess that would have mm-hmm. been like 07, maybe. Yeah. Or 06. But um, I came down to Ashland, Oregon and decided to move here. I was like, Oh, this is what I thought Eugene would be like. Funny enough, you know, the, the first time I walked in there to apply for the job, I did pick up a bar of soap and said, I was buying this in bulk in Eugene, Oregon, a few years back. And they're like, I said, This is you, right? And they said, Well, that's we're the only people that have round bars of soap like that. And uh I ended up getting the job. It was the thing that kept me in southern Oregon, and that was 12 years ago. So I started making all of it. He asked me to start making it within three months. It was just kind of as I was cutting the soap, mm-hmm. which that's like a part-time gig you would usually give to a college kid or whatever. And I needed something more to stay here. And he offered me the position and he kind of just stepped back. It's a, it's owned by a husband and a wife and it's, it's a company that's been around since 1972.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, so uh, is this like a natural thing or.
1: You, You know, to get back to veganism, it's, it's an animal free product. So we use vegetable oils and then just mix lye. And by the time the soap's almost done mixing, I'll throw in the essential oils and that's about it. It's pretty, pretty basic, cold pressed.
0: So do you uh, like mix in color and all that? Yeah. So
1: if, since you're a, soap maker you know it's something that happens before you saponify it and i'll Mm -hmm. just do i'll mix in some minerals it's so it's all a real natural process Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so since you're working with lye um do you have to wear a lot of like gear or have vented very very heavily vented rooms
1: I mean, I'm supposed to always be very protected. I mean, I always have on eyewear, but I'll like mix it without putting gloves on if you're not splashing it around everywhere. And if I'm very, you know, oh, I saw that I got some on me. You have a few moments to get it off with water. <laughs> a few water. seconds before well, your you can burns always off. you can always we have this <laughs> solution that you dump on yourself like in Fight Club when they're giving each other the kiss <laughs> scar. So uh,
0: so I've you're never,
1: not mixing this shit in the bathtub then. Right. No, and that's how it started, though. <laughs> the guy that started this company actually was a little Tyler Durden type operation. <laughs> and so I guess he was a character. I've, I've been told that uh, they would just show up at work and he would be in there in his underwear mixing soap together like well, at odd hours. Well, I
0: guess that's a good thing so you don't get the stuff on your clothes. yeah just yeah. get
1: it on your epidermis.
0: Exactly. Just put it directly on your skin and see how that goes.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I'm very careful with it and we do have a vent, a hooded vent that I mm-hmm. always have on when I'm mixing the caustic. So
0: Yeah, and that's one thing um cuz we talked about it a little bit on your show, um I make soap but I don't use lye right. at all and um so for people who don't know who are interested in use or making soap at home, um, make sure you have the proper safety stuff. If you're going to use light products in your kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Junk and head.
1: I, I mean, I was a psychedelic mm-hmm. aficionado in my early to mid twenties. So I had already kind of had experience of mixing. Like I was doing some hardcore shit with that stuff back then. So when I got on, I told my boss, I was like, He seems like a cool guy. He's like, Oh, I used to synthesize psilocybin when I was in college. Mm, <laughs> and he's, like, he's a chemistry major. I've seen Fight Club. That was the extent of my experience. He actually like went to college for this stuff and got yeah. on there as a maintenance guy. And then yeah. he kind of just hooked up with a chick that was working there as well. And they ended up marrying and buying the company right before I started working there.
0: Well, there you go. So they they were uh, newer to the business
1: then, huh? Well, they had been on the management end for several years. And I think that the guy and his wife that owned it, they were kind of just vetting them to Eventually just take it over. I don't know mm-hmm. if they didn't own or carry or anything like that, but it's uh they've owned it now for about 13 years. That's second, so cool. second set of owners. Yeah. yeah. I'll I let love... you know what it is after we get off here. I'll yes. send you the link. Because I the only reason I'm not open about it is because they don't know that I podcast. And if they yeah. heard somebody be like, Hey, I heard your name on a podcast, they would listen and be like, Holy shit, this guy's fucking crazy that's working for us. <laughs> They're like I mean, well. They know that I am, <laughs> but after COVID, they turned into like, really, I don't, I don't want to be derogatory, but they were ultra Karen. Yeah. I wasn't, they wanted me to do the thing. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, they were okay mm-hmm. with it, but they were just kind of like, you know, Hey, we would appreciate it if everybody here was. And so yeah. I, I talked about and that Mr.
0: On my Karen, Karen and Mr. Karen, uh, I don't need <laughs> your jib jab. Yes. All yeah, right.
1: And you know, they, uh, They were fine with it. They just kind of thought they were doing the right thing. I think hopefully by now they realize that it's not that big of a deal.
0: (sighs) One can hope and pray for others. That's all we can do. So um, tell people, like, what is Conspiracy Playtime about? And why did you start
1: it? So the idea is... There is a lot of stuff that has happened in the past that if you mm-hmm. unravel it, you can find out what's happening now and what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And there was there was already that style of podcast out there. But we came together, my co-host and I, during COVID, and he was not a conspiracy theorist yet. I mean, mm-hmm. he kind of knew yeah. 9-11. <laughs> exactly. He knew 9-11 and he knew <laughs> the basics, but... He, he thought chemtrails were a joke. I remember I told him about chemtrails once and his eyes just got real big. Oh, shit. And
0: we should have brought him to my house today. Holy <sighs> crap.
1: Oh, would you get dumped on Oh, good? I got it.
0: Yeah. Remind me in a minute and I'll tell you something I discovered about chemtrails today. Ooh,
1: um, I'm, I will not forget to remind you. I'm fascinated by that stuff. Mm-hmm. So he was the guy who'd shown me podcasts when we had worked together years prior. So COVID happened. And a bunch of people freaked out and quit. Mm-hmm. And he actually reached out to me to say, Hey, have you seen this episode of such and such podcast? I said, No, I'll check it out. By the way, what are you up to? Are you are you busy? He has an online business where he does like small business website modification and mm-hmm. search optimization and all that shit that I don't know what it means. I just hear him say <laughs> right big words. But sounds uh, like
0: somebody I could use, even though, you know. I don't oh, know the questions
1: to ask. <laughs> oh, he could just take a look at your website and be like, this is what you need to do. <laughs> so anyway, uh, he started kind of opening his eyes up during, and, you know, he came and he worked with me and we kept each other sane because everybody's losing their goddamn minds around us. Mm-hmm. And we saw eye to eye on everything. And he's, we would be having these conversations at work and then a day later somebody would be talking about it on a podcast and he's just like very competitive nature so he said you know we should do this because we're talking about the same stuff Mm -hmm. if they just had us mic'd up right now we could do it just as good as they're doing it right and the idea at first was i was the crazy conspiracy theorist he was the skeptic and it took us about six months to get everything off the ground from conception to actually Mm -hmm. doing it. And by the time those six months passed, he was balls deep into conspiracy, (laughs) even even more than me on some, like he's a gematria guy. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he's just, his brain works on systems. And so once he applied that aspect to conspiracy theories, he believed everything. And now it's like, sometimes I'm the skeptic with the shit he's saying. So when we first, you can learn a lot from a dummy. No, I'm kidding. You know, I'm not calling thing. you a dummy. The thing is, is the, th- the way my mind works is the way his mind doesn't work and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So you put the two of us together and then we tap- tackle these topics. Like The idea of the show is now he'll do a deep dive and present it to me and mm-hmm. we'll record it. And then the audience will have the firsthand mm-hmm. knowledge that I'm getting from him. Right or vice versa, and then he got really busy with life. His dad came down with dementia. He had to have the guy move in with him, and right. he and that's his right. wife or, or his fiance are pregnant, and they just. Ca- but he's he's really wanting to be a part of it. But when he can't be, that's why I started interviewing people. Mm-hmm. So that's the show kind of took that turn. But right, we're, we're still going to do both.
0: Right. He's just got a lot on his plate right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's starting a whole new life, bought a house. I assume he's getting married. I don't know if he wants a bastard child since he's one, but. Well,
0: you never know. I mean, you got to watch out for those bastard kids.
1: Yeah. They've been together for 10 years. So I'd say they're married as far (laughs) as state of mind. They're
0: common law married. Yep. Yeah. So is he like um, more of an analytical mind?
1: Very much so. Yeah.
0: Like, he has to know the why behind everything. Yeah. That's and why I balance person. him out. Yeah.
1: I don't care about that part. Yeah. I don't either.
0: That's, I think that's um, a perfect analogy for like my marriage. Cause my husband is very much analytical and stuff. And I'm very much like the more creative, you know, thinker in a different direction because like, I, I don't care about like numbers and statistics and, Yeah, that shit's boring.
1: Yeah. Plus they can can fudge the numbers whenever they want.
0: Yeah. Well, see, that's a little uh, ditty about me that people probably don't know. I went to school and got a business degree first, and I hated it so freaking bad. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not an accountant. I hate accounting. I hate – you know, inventory numbers and shit. I'm like, this is going to make me die fast because I cannot stand this. It's so boring to me.
1: Yeah. I, my mind goes to sleep as well when you put marketing or business or statistician shit uh-huh. in front of my face. It's just like, okay, see ya. Uh-huh.
0: Yes. And I'm just like, oh my God. I like, he, God loved my husband. Like, he loves stuff like that. Like, he loves math and numbers and, you know, doing, uh, what are they called? I don't know, but all the, all the analytics, data analytics and all that stuff. I hate that stuff. I would be so
1: freaking bored. Yeah. So you guys are different in yeah. those ways, but then but when it comes same to the on stuff, everything, I've heard yeah. you on several podcasts describe your marriage and it's like, yeah, you know, I'm alone right now, but if I ever meet someone as fucked up as me, I have to marry her. Oh, a
0: hundred percent. And that's why like we have the same like dark sense of humor and whatnot. And so we'll be talking about something and like neither one of us can hear really good. So he'll think I said something and we'll have this whole conversation about jibber jabber, whatever I thought he said. <laughs> it's like people around us going, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's fun. Yeah. It's it's uh, always entertaining at our house. Yes. You're good. Yeah. We make each other laugh, which is a good thing. So um, what or, or when, I guess, have you always been awake or did something happen to like shake you awake or like how did that work?
1: Uh, for the most part, I think I always kind of had it. I was a, I was a little kid who was scared of everything and it was the unknown, you know, that big unknown re- just hiding around every corner. I had an active imagination. I would lay in bed just sleepless as like a five-year-old. And so my mom didn't really know what to do with me. She'd be like, don't watch America's Most Wanted. Don't watch X-Files. I love that. I love that kind of stuff though. Yeah. Yeah. And I did too. I loved it, but it also rattled me to my core. Uh, I was always into ghosts and aliens. I had a ghost experience as a little kid that I don't really remember, but my mom, Although it was like you know don't watch X Files because you're gonna be waking me up at five in the morning because you can't sleep. <laughs> but at the same time, she was like she let me have. But the... let me
0: tell you what happened to you. <laughs> yeah. They probed your rectum while you were sleeping. No. I'm yeah.
1: Kidding. Yeah. No. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, I, oh, I. It really happened. I've all. Oh, I've had like some crazy ass sleep paralysis shit from I a was little kid till now. That. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: I need to know about this because oh. I know that that you guys will cover um, like metaphysical stuff and, and things like that. So tell me about all of that stuff, because okay. I, I it's fascinating to me because the amount of people in the podcast community that have had either sleep paralysis or um, paranormal experiences or whatever is huge.
1: I think it kind of helps drive you to that kind of thinking, you know, because you're you understand you're going through something that most people only ever hear about if they're Mm -hmm. in passing with someone who. I mean, it's getting more mainstream, but as a little kid, I was afraid to go to sleep. I was afraid of death. I was afraid of. My mom getting cancer. I was afraid of nuclear war. Anything that was bad would seep into my head, and I would just make it worse. I, as a, uh, to just fast forward, when I was in my early twenties, ate mushrooms, and I had an ego death. I had the the most hellacious experience of my entire life for that first hour, and then when I understood and came through it, I haven't been scared of death or anything ever since. And
0: so. Tell me, I need to know about that too, because everybody that I've talked to that has done um, psychedelics or anything like that, everybody has such different experiences. I've never done it um, because I'm pretty trippy on my own and I already know who I am a hundred percent.
1: I don't think someone like you needs it no so i yeah, ate mushrooms no. with my mom one time when i was like in with my your later mom tw- yeah she's just she had never eaten them before i got her smoking pot when i was 22 and she dude
0: no way
1: yeah so she got here the night that you and i yeah did it and uh she's her and my brother stayed for three fucking weeks they didn't have any jobs lined up until like the beginning of February or something. And they both were just like, can we keep staying? I was like, hell yeah. I never get to see you two. That's so, so cool. Yeah. That's kind of why it took me a while to get our episode out. And just, I was podcasting the entire time they're here cause I had shit lined up. But anyway, uh, she ate mushrooms and she hates the cold. It was the middle of October and she's standing chest deep in a Creek and she's like, I don't feel anything. I was like, well, you're tripping because you're (laughs) wasting the creek. But at the same time, someone like you probably won't really need that. But for me, I needed to kill the fear that was plaguing my life. And psychedelics did that for me. And I really went off on them for a good couple of years. And then it was just like Alan Watts has a great quote. Once you get the message, hang up the phone. Right? They're not drugs to abuse right at all I mean it's kind of hard to abuse them some people do pull it off but for me it's like as soon as I smoked DMT and ate mushrooms everything that I ever was scared of just kind of faded away because it Mm -hmm. showed me that this is a temporary experience in an infinite existence and Mm -hmm. I'd always kind of hoped that was the case I tried to grasp onto religion as a little kid Mm -hmm. and I do think that the mythology behind christianity that is taken literally kind of scares a lot of people away from it but there is i do believe in christ consciousness
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think every religion has a similar message mm-hmm. the good ones right and i that was it for me was the fear of death for me or other loved ones or just despair mm-hmm. and i also as a kid kind of thought that i had been here before i would tell my mom when i was young like yeah I th- this is a, I think about the 17th time i've lived this life and i don't know why it was that number
0: did but, you remember like uh past experiences because a did. lot of people do mainly
1: dreams and i would have i would have dreams that i was an adult as a kid and my mom was always like that's not normal to dream that you're an adult as a kid so, I kind of wondered, like, was I remembering? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I remember one time, and in- distinctly, I was in third grade, I was sitting in my desk, and all of a sudden, I got this wave of existential angst like I'd never had before. And I just started having these like images flying into my head of other mm-hmm. people's lives. Uh huh. And I stood and I already knew, like, why am I in this desk in this box of a room and I have to sit here for eight fucking hours? but it just hit me all at once. I ran to my teacher's desk and I was just like having a panic attack pretty much. And she just was like, what's wrong? And I just thought, uh, you won't understand. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs>
0: how the hell do you explain that to someone? Yeah. Cause they're like, Oh, and they're calling your mom, uh, your son, like he's bat shit nuts. You gotta <laughs> come and pick them up.
1: Well, I just went back to my desk and made myself calm down. And I kind of did that for years, but, uh, did you see the, that Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie? Yes. So you remember the end? He's in the psych ward and he's laughing his ass off and mm-hmm. the old lady's just looking at him. She's like, what's so funny? Mm-hmm. I thought of a joke. Well, we you want to share it with me? And he just kind of looks at her. He's like, you wouldn't get it. Right. <laughs> when I saw that movie, it reminded me of that moment in elementary school where I just couldn't tell her. I could, Yeah, you can't put that shit into words as a third grader, especially.
0: Well, and it's so fascinating to me because I have this conversation with people all the time. That is an empathic thing that happened to you, and and some people, um, like the people have heard me talk about it before. But everybody that's empathic has very different like levels of that, and very different like abilities and things that. That they're able to see or do, um, which is so unique and everything's unique to, to you know, whatever specific traits are, are to you. Like me, like I can feel other people's energy, not just like in a crowd or whatever, but I can feel not even being near somebody if they're sick, if I'm really connected to them. And I'll call them up and go, okay, what? Your Crohn's flaring up because I feel it. And I like physically feel their symptoms and stuff. And so um, also like paranormal experiences where I can pick up ghosts sometime um, or spirits or, you know, whatever. So uh, some people get like angel messages or uh, like angel number stuff all the time. I don't ever see numbers I don't get numbers but some people like their visions are always numbers which are always a message too so yeah
1: yeah I'm glad my messages aren't numbers because I don't like numbers Uh,
0: yeah me neither I'm like I'm not that's why I'm not blessed with that because I'm not a math person
1: (laughs) well I when I was at the height of my psychedelic use I just kept understanding that this whatever reality is it's based on number systems and Mm -hmm. it kind of made me sad that i didn't pay attention to math in high school i cheated my way through it because i wanted to do english and history and that kind of shit right and yeah uh i was just lamenting one time and this voice said to me you see past the numbers. You don't need to understand why they're there. So it, this is kind of like an affirmation for me. Like, okay, that's not the way you see the world. There are people that do see the world like that. Right. We, we need all types. So
0: That's a hundred percent. And, and that is so true. And like, even uh, like in the uh, truth or community, if you want to call it that, um, there's so many people that get so angry at other like podcasters or whatever, because you don't do the same thing or think about the same things or uh, believe the same things or whatever. It's because we are all on a very different knowledge plane and some people have very deep knowledge. Some people have very like surface basic understanding of things and some people have that really deep, you know, connection to knowledge and, and it's hard for people to understand that. So.
1: yeah and i it's, it's something that turns me off not only in the conspiracy crowd but everywhere it's just like Yep, well if you don't look at it the way i do you're fucking wrong and we need to banish right. you. it's like well, yeah hey, i thought this was about like being banished and we all came together over in this spot now we're banishing each other
0: yes <laughs> and i've had that happen to me twice um and i don't have i don't have a problem with that because both places that um removed me um is completely fine because I was only meant there meant to be there a short time. Yeah. It's just like people, you know, people are put in your, in your life or on your path for, you know, a specific amount of time that you're not aware of. And so people come and go all the time and that's just fine. They come, they serve their purpose. They go. Yeah. So I'm good with that. I'm still here. <laughs>
1: That's all that matters, right?
0: Exactly. Uh, Because, you know, who doesn't want to still be here? Uh, And if you don't still want to be here, move to Canada because they'll fix you right up.
1: They'll make you uh, kill yourself. They'll at least try to talk you into it. But
0: you know what that is? And I was thinking about this today because we were having a deep discussion about, um, you know, fixing CO2 emissions and, and stuff like that. And I'm like. Uh, I've told people this before. We are carbon life form. Anything that's living is a carbon life form. So, how better to f- to fix CO two emissions? Wink, wink, than through assisted suicide? Yeah. Oh, you don't have food? Oh, would you like us to kill you because we can do that? Oh, you need a stair lift in your house? I mean, yes. the stories the stories I'm hearing coming out of there, I'm like, why the hell would anyone? Else- want to live in canada now well
1: we covered that one on disinformation the the military woman who needed a, mm-hmm. a lift yeah and yeah it's like well you, you need help getting up the stairs you've ever just considered killing yourself right. we can exactly help with that. exactly uh, and then and then, like a retarded deaf guy f- several months back was mm-hmm. offed and he did he, you know his family was pissed because they kind of like looked after him and it's yeah. Crazy. Sorry, it's like,
0: yeah. And like I said, the, um, you know, the food bank thing, there is a lady that runs the local food bank and she's like, people were coming in here, you know, for assistance or whatever. And the government like stepped in and was like, Oh, if people are coming for food, uh, offer them assisted suicide. And I'm like, huh? did I miss something? Did I miss the boat somewhere? I mean, I wasn't born yesterday, but obviously I don't – yeah, there's an agenda behind that, and it's not a nice one.
1: Did you see this New York Times reporter, this woman who was talking about while, why it's it should be okay to be short and have skinny kids, and she was talking about how she doesn't feed her kids very much because the smaller they are, the less of a carbon footprint they're gonna have this is in your account.
0: wow hey oh. i am fun size i'm like a snickers fun size candy bar um <laughs> so my carbon emission must be a lot smaller than
1: a lot of people so oh, there, there you go. go you're gonna get into climate heaven janet <laughs>
0: <laughs> Woohoo! i've always oh, wanted climate heaven
1: so i definitely want to talk about the uh, sleep paralysis but yes I there was something else too oh it was your chemtrail story so i don't know which one you want to cover I,
0: Yeah. Let me tell you about the chemtrail thing before I get retarded and forget. (laughs) Um, So one of the questions my husband likes to ask all the time, because today was like, holy fuck, there was like 20 at a time in the sky. Are they doing the
1: crisscrosses and shit?
0: Yes. And, uh, you know, the um, so we're we were talking about that and we're like, um, where do these things take off from? Because uh, we we have a couple of airports that are not terribly far. We also have a naval base that's close. But they're, uh, it's like where their, their planes and stuff are. Um, and so we were talking about like uh, where do they take off from? And what is the schedule? You know, because like that many in the sky at one time, you know, and some of them are like almost like running into each other. Um, because there were so many like over our area. And so he's got all these questions. So we're out running around today and we're on our way home. And we, we went by this small airport and I was like, well, I think I just got the answer to your question. And it was a whole runway full of drones drones. Oh. And I was like, well, so that solved, shit. That solved the mystery of uh who the hell is spraying. And we we are in a very uh red area. Yeah, and and our little bitty municipal airport, you know, little local uh Peter Pan airport. Yeah, the it was just full of drones. And I'm like, the fuck So that answered that question. Yeah. So anyways, because you know how um, for a while they were saying that it's uh, contrails from planes. Yeah. Well, if you stand out in our yard, we have some that go straight up like a rocket. And then we have a lot of them that go straight down. And so if it's a plane, then the plane is in free fall and it's going to crash because the aircraft don't fly that way. Sorry. Um, and so I was like, they have to be drones, especially like flying that close to each other. And sure. Shit. That's, that's exactly what so, we found. How long do you think they've been using that,
1: that type of chemtrail technology?
0: Um, That is a good question. All I know is since Biden took office, it has grown exponentially because uh, we have a lot of farmland around here. And so it literally looked like someone just took a paintbrush and was up and down and sideways and crossways. And yeah, I was like, wow, there is like not one inch of sky today that wasn't tainted. That's horrible. And of course they, they do it. And then uh, a day later, it storms like a motherfucker. Yeah. All the time. Never fails. So anyway, Uh, that's my update on uh, what's been spraying the skies in our area anyway. Okay. So sleep paralysis.
1: Oh, okay. So I think I just kind of brushed on my lack of wanting to sleep as a little kid mm-hmm. kind of got better as I got into high school and started liking girls and like had distractions and all that stuff from mm-hmm. the
0: active mind. Where... Yeah. So
1: yeah. I, I played football in high school and my freshman year, it was my first day of practice where in the summer, you know the two a days the daily doubles mm-hmm. you go in the morning oh you go yeah at night and you just kind of weed out the weaklings mm-hmm. so i came home from the first practice on my first day as a high school football player and i took a nap and i woke up face down on my bed my body was not awake at all and my mind was like what the fuck and i couldn't breathe mm-hmm. my heart started racing and I, in my head, I was like, "Is this like delayed paralysis from a hit earlier in the on the football field? <laughs> You know, like is my tongue that. hanging out? You know, I'm fucking paralyzed. <laughs> I fucked myself up. And then, at, this happened at the very end of it. My body started trembling at a very high vibration, and I woke up. So that was the first time it happened. It was maybe it happened when I was younger and I don't remember it, but that was the first time I do remember it happening. And it took years before it happened again. Mm -hmm. And it would always be that way to where I'd wake up and it's not like your eyes are open, but you can almost see Mm -hmm. in 360 degrees. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to explain that to nobody who's ever experienced it. Right. Yeah. And uh, as I got older and I started getting into like, science fiction and conspiracy theory and more paranormal stuff, I started reading other accounts of it, and I was like, oh, fuck, it's not just me. You're <laughs> like, thank God. Yeah, other people are having this happen to them. <laughs> and I graduated high school. I started smoking marijuana. I started listening to to bands like Tool. I started reading some real esoteric works. And the sleep paralysis came back heavy. I was going to college in Phoenix, Arizona. And One day, I or night, I'd fallen asleep on my couch. But when I woke up, I was hovering in the other end of the room above a speaker that was next to my TV, and I didn't know what was going on. And I had that 360 vision, Mm -hmm. and I saw myself asleep on the fucking couch. Yipes, and was like, Oh, that's where I'm supposed to be. As soon as I realized that, I was back in my body, body still asleep. I'm awake, but the trembling was so bad. I was convinced I was having a seizure or something. That's so weird. I woke up fine. And then, you know, people always describe these shadow creatures. Yes. That started happening years later. And at that point, I wasn't scared of it anymore. Now, and it still happens from time to time. I've lived in this house here for two years. I've probably had a couple dozen experiences and I I try to play with it. Now I see how far I can go into it without waking up and some weird shit happens. Like the first time I did this, I was in my ex-girlfriend's house. I had just been doing some mushrooms a couple days before. So I think I was more open to it. I, I stayed awake and I didn't try to fight it. And I, that vibrating started happening, that shaking of my body, mm-hmm. and I suddenly just rose, right above my chest, and it just started spinning. Oh, just woo, 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 and it sped up, and it went so fast that everything just disappeared for a second. But when it came back, there was nobody in that bed below me, and I kind of just hovered down the hallway. And in my ex girlfriend's dad's living room, they were sitting there watching TV, but it was not them. It was like them, but slightly different. Mm-hmm. He had he he was a guy who had gray hair since he was like in his thirties, and it was almost white by the time I met him. His mm-hmm. hair was jet black, and his daughter, my ex, who was usually blonde, she was like kind of an auburn colored hair, and they were watching TV. And it looked like Oprah kind of style show, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't Oprah. And I just kind of floated behind them. And then I floated in front of them and they were staring directly through me watching the TV. They had no idea I was there. And then I kind of just woke up after that. And that's probably around 2006 that that happened. And that is my most profound experiences I've ever had with sleep paralysis I've tried to give me like
0: chills like up (laughs) my spine I'm I was like sitting there thinking oh my god that's like a like a whole alternate universe kind of thing going on there
1: yeah that's what I thought like that
0: fuck with your head
1: uh, at that time I was so wide open to all these experiences that it just actually kind of was a confirmation for me because Mm The second time I ever smoked DMT, I was sitting on a riverbank. And this is going to blow your mind further if that just did. So I don't know if you've Uh-oh. heard much. <laughs> I need to
0: fasten my seat belt.
1: <laughs> Have you heard much about DMT?
0: Well, I, I've heard people with different accounts of, yeah. things that happen to them so and but i have... mo- most of the time people are under uh, supervision
1: <laughs> oh i would not be able to do it in that case the first time i smoked dmt i saw i shot out of my body like a rocket i saw the death birth recreation of the universe as if i was creator watching shit and fast speed mm-hmm. that was insane but this other time ever since i had that first one and I don't do psychedelics anymore. I mean, I sh- I will. I just, they don't call me like they used to. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the second time, I always, and I've done it several times since that first time, I've never been able to just go for it and have that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I saw that once. I don't know. So I, it's it's like I don't need it. Right. I, but that second time, I almost got shot out of my body. Instead, I just left my body. And I kind of looked in both directions and it was like an infinite row of me going that way. And then the other direction, same thing. So the closer that the me was to the me that I was, they're doing similar things, but the further out you look, they're like doing slightly different things. One of them might be standing up. Mm -hmm. You go down far enough. One of them might be like walking into the water. One of them's like walking backwards And I just understood, like, okay, every moment has an infinite possibilities Mm -hmm. of outcomes, and those all exist. Right. But but free will, to me, is you deciding which one you are. Right. Your choice. Choice. Mm -hmm. So that happened, and then that same ex-girlfriend, she was sitting behind me with a couple other friends, and I was suddenly her. What? watching me have this fucking crazy experience and i was having her thoughts it wasn't even weird it was just like wow he looks like he's pretty far out there i hope he's doing okay and then like the drug started to wear off and i realized oh fuck i'm in the wrong body (laughs) <laughs> like, how the fuck did I get here? And then I freaked out. And when I like came to my own body, I was just like thrashing around, like, holy shit.
0: You're like, oh my God, thank God it's me. Let me look uh, in
1: the mirror. <laughs> yeah, I've never had anything like that happen before or since. And it was crazy.
0: It would kind of be um a freaky experience to experience that because it made me think of uh was it called Freaky Friday? <laughs> yeah, like Lindsay Lohan her. and her yeah. and Jamie Lee Curtis, like switch bodies or whatever. And now all of a sudden, the mom's in the daughter's body, and like going for a ride on the motorcycle with the daughter's boyfriend. That yeah, that's
1: with that. Yeah, that you know what though, the it. one with Jodie Foster and Jessica Lane is way better. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that for sure because I never saw the new one. Yeah,
0: it's just uh, uh, that kind of experience. Do you think it's like an astral travel? That's type exactly thing? what I think
1: it is. And I'll tell you something else about that. When I was doing psychedelics, I never had a positive experience on LSD. Mm-hmm. The one time that I was like, so I loved the mushrooms a lot. Like I felt like I was in a field full of infinite possibility, and the universe was my oyster. Mm-hmm. When I did that's acid, actually
0: a message by the way for people that are listening.
1: Yeah. When I did acid, I almost felt like I was inside of a filing cabinet and there was people watching me. And when I le- <laughs> when I learned about MK Ultra several years later and the shit they were doing with acid, I was like, holy fuck! I think they did see me. Like I think that they can find you in that other realm. I think the CIA and other three letter agencies <clears throat> has people. That their entire job is to just fucking zone out, meditate, maybe do Mm -hmm. psychedelic drugs, and they find people like me. Yeah. And (laughs) that scared the shit out of me. But after I did study like the MKUltra experiments and all that stuff, and the shit they were doing with LSD and Mm -hmm. like the Montauk project and shit, I I Uh was convinced, like, oh my God, that reality, I tapped into it. And I don't know if I should (laughs) have, but I did.
0: Well, and that's what. Like, uh, makes me wonder because your experiences are so unique. Um, because most people don't, you know, it's like they just see like trippy colors, or like, you know, the forest is talking to them, like the trees and the grass and like everything talks or whatever. Uh, but yours are so unique you know and i've heard people talk before about like being able to astral project or whatever i don't have that ability uh, like at all i mean at all i i've never i don't ever recall a time where i left my body
1: do you remember your dreams um
0: sometimes and when i do um it's usually a message type thing um like And I love God, but sometimes I don't understand things because it's always about a snake. I hate snakes. I am freaking not a fan of snakes. Let's just say that. We have a lot of snakes around here. I can't stand snakes. And so snakes are always in my dreams. Um, Or uh, like I get... I call them downloads. Uh, People that have never experienced this are going to think I'm nuts. But um, like, I get like message downloads from God, and I know it's from God. And so um, I was doing a show. Have you talked to Ghost yet?
1: No, I know very well who he is. I've never.
0: So Ghost and I were doing a show one night and we were talking about snakes and I'm like, oh my God, I hate snakes. Like we have so many around here and I can't stand it. And we have like tons of different kinds and whatever. And I'm like, I despise snakes so so bad. And so we get done recording and I go outside to sit in the chair that I always sit in. Then there's a snake under my chair. And I was like, oh Lord, thank God it was a baby one. But um, there was a fly swatter on the table next to me. So I grabbed the fly swatter and I'm like, you know, just trying to push it out from under my chair so I can sit it. You got your like,
1: legs tucked up to your chest?
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I don't like them. So I'm like trying to scoot this with the fly swatter, you know, so it would go. So it starts flipping around and stuff and it gets its head stuck underneath <sighs> Our garden hose. And so, you know, the body's like thrashing around and its head is stuck. And I keep getting this message, Janet, that's my creation too. Save that snake. And I'm like, I don't want to. And it's like, Janet, save that snake. And I'm like, I don't want to. I don't like snakes. And it was like, you have to go pick up that hose and let that snake out. Oh okay, God, I'm going to go let the snake out. And I pull up the hose and the snake like scurries away. But I, it's always something about snakes. Always.
1: That's interesting. Have yeah. you like tried to break that down with like uh mythology well, or anything? Here's
0: the thing about snakes. Like, um, yes, they can be deemed as evil creatures, but snakes are also a sign of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I that is why snakes are always present in my dream because it's always like uh messages of something I'm supposed to do or somebody I'm supposed to contact or something. And so, like, randomly, like people I haven't talked to in years will be in this dream with a snake, and so it's like my message that I'm supposed to get a hold of them.
1: I I don't know. It's weird. Funny joke. It's your spirit animal, but you're fighting it.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Talk about spirit animals. I did a a show not too long ago um, with Ellie, uh, one thumb L from Speed Bumps. And so um, she has this device that, like, uh, reads your energy, tells you where you're deficient at, whatever, and so she's going through the readings on this, and then um, like it it gives you like uh, like puts tones together that you're supposed to listen to. And I went outside after we got done, and I started playing these four different you know musical tones that she sent me, and the ceiling of my carport just filled with bees. There were bees literally everywhere. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, I s- took a video and I sent her around. and I'm like, it looks like there's a hive in here, but I kid you not, there's no hive. I'm like, we had a white ceiling and I'm like, you could just see all these hundreds of bees that just like drew to me after playing these. And I'm like, whoa. So then I started looking up the bee as a spirit animal and I'm like, okay. And now I'm freaked out.
1: <laughs> At least you didn't summon snakes.
0: Oh, hell no. I, I I hate them so bad. Like, uh, like we were sitting outside. My husband and I were sitting outside one time. Cause I love to spend time outside. And I'm like, what the hell is that thing on the driveway? And I'm like, I'm going to go look. Cause I couldn't tell what it was. And I'm like, oh, mother of hell, it's a baby rattlesnake.
1: Oh, and they're the worst, too, because they don't yes. know how to control their venom.
0: Yes. And so I didn't know it at the time until I got up close to it. And, of course, it rears its head up and its tail's are going. And and I'm like, holy crap, honey, there's a rattlesnake. And he's like, what? And I'm like, it's a rattlesnake. And so he's over there close to it, like, trying to film it, and whatever. And I'm like, back away, Janet. Back away slowly. <laughs> it's going to bite one of you. It's not going to be me. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't want my husband to get attacked by a rattlesnake either.
1: You know that if he had the choice, though, it would be him. Yeah.
0: Well, I know. A hundred percent. Yeah. But, but then you like, have
1: to suck the poison out.
0: Ugh, ugh, ugh. Well, okay. <laughs> I would do it. Yeah. You don't I love have, it.
1: This is one instance where you don't swallow. You got to spit that shit out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ladies, a little piece of advice for you when you're listening to disinfobation. Oh, what? (laughs) No, exactly. (laughs) Uh, And don't eat uh, asparagus beforehand. Anyway,
1: yeah, load up on the pineapples. Exactly.
0: So, what was your uh, like paranormal experience
1: Um, with the ghost? Yes. So when i was 2 my mom and my dad had just split up and they were living in this house that and, and where i'm from in northeastern oregon the town it's called halfway it's tiny tiny halfway tiny. halfway yeah oh, well the story is there was two mining settlements And they put a post office and a little grocery store between the two of them and they called it halfway.
0: And Ah. then that
1: became the town and the mining settlements fizzled out and the town grew into a farming community. And that's where most of my family still is. It's it's awesome. It's in the Hell's Canyon area in Northeastern Oregon, right next to Idaho, right under Washington. It's beautiful.
0: So are there a lot of crazy people in that area? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, not just as much as any other mountain town you know. But uh, anyway, it's the kind of town where everybody knows everybody. Mm -hmm. And I started having conversations. I think I talked pretty early. I was the oldest. And Mm -hmm. my mom would hear me talking and she noticed like this isn't just like a baby babbling. He's Mm -hmm. saying something and pausing. Right. So he's having a conversation. So she would come in and say, who are you talking to? And she said, I would look past her and say, and point point, say, my friend, he's right behind you. You don't see him. Mm-hmm. And she, I mean, my mom, like I said, she's very open-minded. And so she asked what, what's he look like. And my description was he's bald. He has a beard and he wears Oshkosh. You remember Oshkosh? Mm-hmm. That was so, a big
0: deal. Oshkosh <laughs> bibs. Yes, baby.
1: <laughs> yeah. So to me, <laughs> that's what suspenders were or, or overalls. So mm-hmm. my mom went and asked her mom, Hey, what does Homer Chastain look like? Cause that was the guy that lived in that house, died in that house before oh, us. Yeah. And my mom said, "Well," or my grandma said, well, he was always, you know, he's kind of a dirty dude. He was always like unkempt, always wear that same pair of overalls, had a beard. He was bald. And my mom's like, uh, I think Colby is talking to him. Yeah. And so also she was, newly single her my mom uh her mom was the daycare in the town so she would watch my brother and i for free just throw us in with the rest of the babysitting kids when my mom was working Mm -hmm. she'd get home late at night she'd be carrying groceries and my little brother i'd be walking next to her and she said that the light was always on in the the entrance that went past the cellar into the into the kitchen and she had it was a chain pull to turn the light on but it was broken and she always had to get on a chair and turn mm-hmm. the light off. But that fucker was on every time she got home. So she never felt like this was a threatening ghost. And right. my dad also kind of a skeptical minded person. He really believed it too. And so it kind of just was something I always knew about from my earliest memory was that I talked to a ghost, even though I don't remember doing it.
0: One well, see that's, I had that discussion with somebody too, because we were talking about like, um, quote unquote, imaginary friends
1: mm-hmm.
0: or childhood friends that you know uh, aren't there. People can't see them, but everybody that I know that I've talked to that had like that imaginary friend or whatever is also empathic. So, and what do they? What do spirits usually do? They usually go to the very young. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you still have that that open mind. You're not closed minded when you're a little kid. And so that's why um, like little kids are able to see spirits and talk to spirits and, you know, things like that is because they are still open to things.
1: So the imaginary friend is the parent's explanation to that situation.
0: Yes, because I remember very well having an imaginary friend.
1: Do you you remember yours?
0: Oh, absolutely. How old were you? Um, well, we moved in that house when I was six. And so, um, from six until, I don't know, probably about 12.
1: Okay. So you had the, the gift pretty late. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. Yep. And I, I mean, it may have happened before that, but the house that we lived in, you know, it, it was a girl and, uh, her name was Katie and, You know, like she communicated with me literally all the time, you know, and she was always nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there are some um, like Ellen and 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 Ghost did a episode together and they were using um, a meter that would pick up because they were recording and you could see like like shapes and stuff behind them. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, smoke and weird stuff and whatever. And so I'm what she goes, I got to send you this episode. She's like, You got to watch this. And so I'm watching the episode, and I had to keep stopping the episode and taking a break because I could hear like all of these people that were like trying to communicate with this. I don't remember what it's called. Some kind of meter that they use when they go ghost hunting. You is know, the I'm thing talking they about? use
1: in Ghostbusters? <laughs> Probably not
0: that. I, I just think of her walking around. Like if you see the, you know, ghost hunting shows or whatever uh-huh. on TV. I know Cosmic
1: have... Peach. Julia's is really into those things. Yeah.
0: And so, uh, like, I, it took me, I don't know how many hours to get through this episode and I got hold of her, and I'm like, I am getting this person's name. So do some people watch this and hear nothing? Oh, yeah. 100%. So it can
1: actually be recorded and reach you that way. That's fascinating. It
0: was like a ton of people like like talking over each other. It was wow. almost like being in a really crowded room or whatever. But I heard one person's like full name, and I'm like, They kept saying, you know, uh, died horribly, uh, bad childhood, parents were preachers, whatever. And this is all stuff that like is coming through to me. And I'm like, okay, I got to look this person up. And I'm like, L, you're not going to believe this. But here's the message I just got. Google these articles and it was like like the hair on the back of my neck stood up and i was like oh my god oh my god yes and i don't get that all the time because i don't always let that in but like i've had you know patients that passed away or whatever that talked to me my sister when after she passed away like i could hear her constantly or she, we had this thing like You remember the, it's an alien brain sucker stuck in your brains. Oh my God, it's starving to death. And she always used to do that to me. And so like, I would be sitting there after I got home from work at night or whatever and I'd feel that boop boop, like massaging the top of my head with the alien brain sucker thing. And it was (laughs) like you know, or I'd always smell like lilacs and stuff because lilacs were her favorite. And Like things would be poked off of a table or, you know, whatever, like something knocked over or whatever, when there was no one near it. And so, yeah, like have those experience every once in a while.
1: Wow. That's crazy that you still have
0: that. Yeah. Yep. So very, um, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, same thing with like the really deep empathic abilities, because, uh, like if someone is going through a really difficult time and I'm super connected with them, I feel all of their stress, their chest pain, the whole nine yards, like everything. And my husband knows better now, but like, like if we'll be watching a movie or something or a commercial even, and I will just start bawling for no apparent reason, (laughs) And he's like, "You okay? You cleansing again?" And I'm like, "Yes, gotta like, I gotta get it out. It's just other people's emotions. I'm trying to get out of my body."
1: Yeah. So art to me, I I I, I used to cry all the time when I was a little kid, and mm-hmm. I was told not to. So I, psychologically, mm-hmm. I tried not to cry now. Right. And. It's actually it's, a good thing because it's. I answer. know, like when I do, it's just like a release. Oh, it's like yes. orgasmic, and yes, it takes a lot now. But I'll sit dry-eyed through a family member's funeral. But if I hear a certain song on the radio, it's waterworks.
0: Yes, it's because you got to get those uh, release those emotions, and yeah, because that's death why...
1: doesn't make me sad. Like if yeah. someone dies, I don't get sad. Same, yeah. yeah. Same. It's like I get at funerals, I get sad for the people at the funeral, not the person in the coffin.
0: Yes. Same thing. But it's because again, you're feeling other people's stuff, which I know yeah. you do. Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, sometimes it's a it's a good thing um to have that kind of like I have really good spidey senses about stuff that has like saved us from danger like several times. Um, So that's good. I was just uh, telling our friends today, I was like, you know, we were downtown at a like local concert one time where all the people that we knew and bands were performing at this and it was so crowded and it got so hot. And so we went outside to sit on the curb and have a beer. And all of a sudden the hair on the back of my neck stood up and I'm like, we need to go now. Something really bad is getting ready to happen. He trusts my instinct. So we started walking to the parking garage and damned if there wasn't a shooting. Whoa. And like everybody was like running for their lives and Holy whatever. Shit. Yeah. So that's happened a couple of times now oh where I'm just like, yeah. So grateful. Uh, but it sometimes it's, little overwhelming
1: and it seems like sometimes people get that and they just tell themselves oh it's nothing
0: yeah no I always trust my gut like if oh. you know I'm like and it's usually getting ready to tell me something bad's happening or getting ready to happen
1: and so I'm very uh, but intuitive. do you experience on the other end like oh something really good's gonna happen you get that
0: um yes like if if people are having like a difficult time and like sometimes I know it sounds weird to people that like don't don't believe or whatever but um like a lot of people will call me and say we pray for me this is what's going on and so I get so deep sometimes it's almost like I'm in a trance when I'm praying um and like my hands get really hot and I feel like tons of energy like coming through me or whatever And so like I was on the phone with somebody the other day that was telling me about uh, stuff that was going on and we had, we were praying, I was praying for, and all of a sudden my hands got super duper hot and then like my fingers started like tingling and it felt like uh, electricity was shooting out the ends of my fingers and I was like, hold on a minute. I'm getting, a, I'm getting a message. I'm like, just bear with me a minute. And I'm like, okay, well, your situation is getting ready to be resolved. Everything is going to be fine. I just got reassur- reassurance that everything's going to resolve. So usually not for me. It's usually for other people. <laughs> yeah. Which is good. But, you know, I know people are going to be like, that's really weird, and
1: you're crack on crack, and I'm not going to listen anymore. <laughs> no, there, your audience <laughs> is loyal. I know it. What episode? This is episode one thirty three. Oh, shit. yeah, one thirty three. Yeah. Wow, I'm honored. hmm. You're about a hundred uh, ahead of us.
0: Not to be confused with thirty third degree masons or anything like that, because we are not. Yes, I'm not anyway.
1: I'm having Micah Dank on my podcast. What do you think? See, so, you know, I heard him on Davy Wavy just recently.
0: Yeah. He's and, um he's written a lot of books. Uh-huh. Um he just did a children's series. Um he's got some interesting information.
1: Yeah. Well, that's So very I diplomatic. hope you
0: enjoy that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like to hear every angle and yes. I've had I've had weird exchanges with him on Twitter and I always think that he forgets who I am because he's constantly pitched his show to me. Yes. And, uh, so I, you know, astrology, what do you, as a Christian, what do you think of astrology?
0: Um, I can honestly tell you that, um, I have a problem with that, um, particular thing because I believe in the Bible. Um, and I believe God's creation is God's creation. And, um, that things are the way they are because God made him to be so. So that being said, um, yeah, some of it's really hard for me to swallow just because of my belief.
1: Right. I feel that way about a lot of things. And uh, so far I haven't had any guests that have really challenged me. Mm -hmm. And so while I resisted him in the past, I'm Mm kind of like at this point, like, Let's have Jeremiah be here for that episode. Yeah. I want to see a, the numbers guy and that guy have a conversation about well, this astro. What's he called? Astro theology or something? Like yes.
0: That? Um, and here's my thing. And, and I always have to wonder this because, you know, like uh, every quote sign, right? Um, zodiac sign has, you know, a certain characteristic, certain traits, whatever. Like me, I'm a Scorpio to a T but I have to wonder if that's a Zodiac or that's my morals because I am the way I am because of everything that I've been through in life and so I am very loyal I'm very like I will cut you off at the kneecaps if you like screw me over you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like um you know, X's are X's and they stay X's for a reason type thing. Um, You know, and I'm just very staunch in my beliefs and stuff. That's why I'm wondering, like for me, does, is the Zodiac even a thing?
1: Right. And it's more of those, you know, the Y and the, in the numbers and all that. Uh mm-hmm. But to get back to something like empath to empath here, mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out the way to word this the best. Oh, just
0: just say it. <laughs> just word vomited at me.
1: Well, <laughs> astrology to me mm-hmm. is another way of trying to make sense of like the world and creation and all that. Yes. Stuff. Uh, I'm I'm pretty close with someone. We were romantically kind of crossed paths uh, a year and a half ago. We've recently reconnected, and it's kind of just friends right now. Right. She asked me for my you know the thing where you, what time were you born? What were and right? You get you get your birth chart and then it's she showed mm-hmm. me the thing like this is the sky, this is what the sky was like when you were born, and I you know that's I'm kind of sarcastic, you. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I Same. said, oh, that's exactly how I remember it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, uh, but to me, there is so much at play here, right, with who we are, who we could become. Mm-hmm. And I think more of it has to do with circumstances. I do think that like, yeah, you come into this world and you're a parent. So you would know this better than me. But mm-hmm. there is a set personality at birth. Oh, 100%. there's also a way that that personality that is set could be molded and guided and whatever. You, what have you? What word right. you want to use as parents mm-hmm. influence or outside right. influences? So, yeah, to me, it's just like. Also, I don't believe in outer space. <laughs> so, I don't either. So astrology
0: yeah. is like, uh, it it's is just a, another. It is a hard, uh, hard sell for me um, because, and that's why, you know, I said because of my belief. So my belief in God plus the fact that I don't believe in space whatsoever um, and, and to me, That brand of thinking, and this may offend some people, which is fine, Um, believe as you wish. I'm not telling you what to believe, but that brand of, quote, theology, you're worshiping that. You're worshiping the Zodiac as your God. Uh, I am just not into that. Yeah. So it, it was very it's a lot for me. Yeah.
1: So what do you think of Saturn? What you think that represents?
0: <laughs> um, what do I think of Saturn? That is a very, very deep subject, w- which we may have to do a part two on that, because um, I think that is definitely dark arts. Um, I think that is, you know, like all these celebrities that have the Saturn worship and Saturnalia and Saturn Day and all this other. Yeah, I just, um, to me, I think it's a portal to hell. That's exactly what I think.
1: So I had the pleasure of having D- uh, NY Patriot on. I love him. He's my yeah. buddy. <laughs> yeah. I He's my bestie. I might have heard oh I don't remember if I heard him through you or Dusty first it was around the same time mm-hmm. but um he was on our podcast a few episodes back and my I'm glad my co-host was here for that interview because when I asked him about Saturn mm-hmm. he he mentioned the same thing you did mm-hmm. and then he mentioned like this experience we're having and my, my co-host said, so what do you think this is then? And he is convinced that this is hell, that we are in hell right now mm-hmm. and that Saturn is the key to that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've heard that, but the way he said it, it was like the last five minutes of the episode too. It's just like, shit, I wish we had more time to dive into this. Right. He had to go to dinner or lunch with his dad at that point, And I was just like, oh shit, we're going to have to have you come back on. talking, Yeah.
0: That. He is, he is such a wealth of information, um, on anything, uh, cult related and, and whatever, but him and I have talked about that before with like, even, uh, okay. With the black cube of Saturn, right. All of your screens are black. Your TV screen is black. Your phone screen is black. Your computer screen, you know, like everything is, is a cube and, f- fake light and and the whole nine yards
1: and what about that ritual when george floyd died and instagram told you to put up the black square
0: right a hundred percent and you know this is this is like their um the elitist belief system right um and then you had like adele that disappeared for a while and then she came back and she's wearing like black saturn earrings and she doesn't even
1: look like the same person yeah
0: no no, and so um, to me, like I said, with it being a portal to hell, because uh, think about this, okay, people are watching TV and they're watching uh, the news or and fear-based uh, propaganda mongering crap, okay, and so um, you're feeding negative emotions right back into that. Into that screen, right? And so, you're letting like tons of shit into your soul, into your world by the emotions that you have when you're staring into a black cube. I,
1: I don't know. It's like an it's like an offering of some sort. Yeah, right?
0: exactly. Or or people that um, you know like. We've talked about this too before, like mirrors,
1: yeah,
0: right? and mirrors are or other forms of portals or whatnot. And so, how many people do you know that <clears throat> that say, uh, "I'm gonna wish this into existence" or "I'm gonna will it into existence"? And so, that's another very scary like belief thing for me because when you uh wish something like that so much um yes you're asking uh a demon or satan or whatever you want to call it
1: hi baby
0: <laughs> like hello i'm here um but you're you're like making a deal you're bargaining if i get this thing that i want um you know, you promise you'll give it to me, but then something else in your life has to die or be sacrificed for you to be able to get what you're willing into existence.
1: Your little blood blood sacrifice.
0: Yes, I don't. Yeah, I'm not into that kind of thing. You know, um, and a lot of people are like that. They'll like put a, a wish board up, you know, and I'm going to have this house and I'm going to have this or that. Oh, like,
1: yeah. Like a vision. Yes. Yes.
0: And for me, like whatever I get is what God provides for me. Like I don't want for anything. I don't need like a big house. I don't need a fancy car. I don't need or desire any of that stuff because everything I have right now already makes me
1: happy. Yeah, it's this new age, and people don't call it a religion, but the new age movement is a religion. Yes, it is. They've taken a lot of the older stuff from Mm -hmm. like ancient, ancient religions and then mixed it with capitalism in a way that's like, and it's very uh, scary. The the secret, yes. uh, You know, the guy that made What the Bleep Do We Know? He was one of the Nexium cult leaders that didn't take a fall. But. Mm Yeah, you, you just mentioned two things that made me think of this, this predictive programming. Mm-hmm. So you got your black cube and your right. mirror. Black Mirror, the show. Right. Every single fucking episode is telling us what's coming. I mean, and half of them have come true already. Right. It's insane.
0: And well, I love watching
1: it. But...
0: <laughs> and same thing with uh, X-Files. Um, somebody sent me a clip on that the other day where they were actually talking about, you know, this – uh dna altering quote virus um and whatever and and how rapidly it was uh you know replicating and killing people and this and the shot that they have for it and all kinds of stuff and i'm like whoa that's some shit and that was like a long time ago
1: did you watch x-files sometimes do you remember the lone gunman those three nerds, one of them was dad's was like in the CIA. The other guy looked like Garth from Wayne's World and they like <laughs> lived in their basement and Mulder would come talk to him to get like the dig on certain things. So they had a spinoff show. And Stop me if you've heard this. It was called The Lone Gunman. It premiered in like March of 2001. And the fucking pilot episode is about flying an airplane into the World Trade Center. Oh, hmm. that's the pilot episode. Just like half a year before that happened, they actually stop it in the show, but yeah,
0: imagine that. Hmm, how how uh interesting that that happens in our world, right? Some people are just really good guessers, Janet. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, uh, The Simpsons, uh, Bat in a thousand, yeah.
1: Well, you know Matt Groening likes those foot massages. He's not <laughs> in the club, is he? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I wonder he's on that feet. writing staff.
0: Feet are so gross to me. Um, I cannot even have someone touch my feet. Like one time, like a friend was like, let's go and get pedicures. And I'd never had one before. And I'm like, Oh, holy moly. And I'm like, like jump- <laughs> I'm like jumping out of the chair and squirming. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you can't stand this. And yeah, no, mm-mm, Nope. I don't do feet. I used to work for a doctor that would, uh, like this guy would come in and he had like massive, like corns on his feet or whatever. And the doctor would shave them with a razor. <laughs> And just let them fly all over the room. And I'm in there going, what Bleh. now I can do blood and guts and poop and all of that stuff. But the shavings, shavings.
1: The- you know, that's where Parmesan cheese comes from, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's we're so covering funny. it all tonight. Foot cheese so, and fucking uh, meat nuts. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: So funny. You said Parmesan cheese. Cause every once in a while we'll watch um, like a mirror's, America's Got Talent, just random, I don't know, random stuff. We don't watch it on a regular basis, but we turned it on one night. And this guy was, he literally made up a song about Parmesan cheese.
1: Just on the spot.
0: Yes, it was fantastic. And it was all about uh, needing more Parmesan cheese. And the guy at the restaurant doesn't want to, you know, do the grinder anymore. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Nice.
0: (laughs) But there is also Parmondi cheese, uh, which could get entangled in the meat nuts. So everyone, be careful.
1: <laughs> you don't want to mis- mix your biscuits down there. Yeah,
0: we're disturbing.
1: <laughs> hey, you know what? If I if I didn't know Dusty yet, I would have been like, oh yeah. But <laughs> Dusty and I, we go everywhere in a way that sometimes we get done recording, and I'm like, I don't know if I wouldn't even want to put that up. <laughs> <laughs> I always do. You know, we have a very small audience for a reason,
0: but you know, I, I love that because I think there's so many people that are so just uh, no sense of humor or ungodly serious all the time. And I'm like, I like the, okay. There's a lot of people in the podcast community that that have like their persona on their podcast Right. And then their persona in their private life. I am literally the same way all the time. I am just a fucking weirdo and I love it, you know, and I just, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to say whatever comes into my mind and just enjoy who I am.
1: Well, you and I both know who I'm talking about probably, but there are certain bigger podcasts on the scene where, mm-hmm the the facade slips because when you're putting out three fucking episodes a week
0: uh-huh. and you're saying
1: certain things and then you're trying to be super spiritual and tell everybody that the law of abundance is what you thrive on. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh then when you let that mask slide because it's hard to keep track of the lies after fucking putting out so, right. many, so much content so yeah, yeah i think the best approach and i'm not saying that uh that disinformation person is me that's the like most fucked up part of me i let all this fucking anger build up through the week when i watch news or and then <laughs> dusty and i turn the cameras on and it's just like <laughs> It's a purge. It's an outlet.
0: I love that though. And it's, it's just, um, it's cathartic, right? It's almost like a therapy session where you're just, who you just got to be yourself.
1: Yeah. Davey always points out the heavy metal singers are always the most mellow dudes.
0: Yes. But you know, and that's the, um, what always chuckles me is that people in the past have um, like, they come on my show and they clam up and i'm like why and they're like you're intimidating and i'm like me what this
1: is sex? this is the safest space i've ever been on <laughs>
0: I'm like i'm like literally uh yeah like i would i would not harm a fly no i wouldn't and i'm just me all the time and i'm always going to be real you know what i mean and yeah i like i just want to hang out with people and I don't know. Like, I'd come to your house right now if I live closer.
1: Of course. And, you know, maybe I'll be in Tennessee someday. You were intimidating to me for three seconds when you came on my show. Because I I had, like, star shock. You know, like, oh, this is this is deplorable Janet. Wait, I've been are stars to you. real?
0: You can't have well, star shock.
1: You're a star in my eyes. Oh, but no. Stars are, on the, stars are on the ground, not in the sky. <laughs> so, anyway, I just was like, or this is somebody that like shaped my goal to be a podcaster and I'd listen. Oh yeah. Like it was, there's like three people I could name in the podcast community that were like, you can be fucked up like me and have a podcast and people will listen to it. Yeah. And then there's people who pretend to be that way. And then there's people who pretend to not be that way. I mean, but I always knew you were genuine, you know, from the no mercy days. It was just, you were the reason I kept listening to that show.
0: I appreciate and, that that yeah. that kind of makes me happy because um, um yeah that was what it was uh and I had fun while I was doing it but um that is what it, like it makes me feel weird because and I've told this story a couple times but um like the listeners crowdfunded for me to go to DC and um So I'm in D.C. and I I had a friend make me a Deplorable Janet sweatshirt or whatever. And I'm walking in the crowd of millions of people and I hear, holy fuck, like the Deplorable (laughs) Janet? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if there's another, but yes, that would be me. And they're like, oh, my God, like, I need a picture with you. This is so cool. You're like famous. And I'm like, what? Like, "Um." i'm gonna go over here now and it like creeped me out right that like somebody knew and then it was like tons of people were like oh my god like i saw you on so-and-so show i've heard you on this and i'm like whoa it's mind-blowing
1: it's weird
0: and kind of uncomfortable
1: i mean i have not experienced that so i have no idea
0: I'm a uh, very humble person. And so, uh, like that kind of stuff, you know, like caught me off guard and I'm just like, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you for listening, but
1: geez, it's weird. Right. Yeah. And I mean, just that's the thing about celebrity worship in general is just the people that like that are the ones who will eat. Kids to keep that. Yeah. I don't eat children.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't eat children and I won't sacrifice mine either. So there you go.
1: Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I love
0: my kids. They're, they're amazing. So
1: you have more than one. I've heard you talk about a daughter before.
0: Yeah. um, We have two. I have a a stepson uh, and they're both like super phenomenal. They're amazing adults. Well, with the parents that they got, how, how could they not be? um my daughter is very embarrassed of me a lot of times because she will ask me to do things with her like uh she asked me to take her to the van's warp tour one year and so we go and we have these you know seats or whatever and i'm like standing up like dancing acting all a fool and whatever and she's like oh my god we you sit down it's so embarrassing and i was like no, you wanted me to come. So you're going to experience the way mom is like, I don't know. I I dance
1: describing my mom and my younger brothers.
0: Yeah. Like I dance in the grocery store and stuff. If like a song comes on, I like, or whatever, like I'll get down in the grocery store and she's like, Oh my God, I'm going to wait in the car. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just always fun though. I like to keep, Uh, life fun and lighthearted because everything is so serious and I just I'm not so I'm like a I'm like a uh, childish grandmother how about that perfect (laughs) oh my dear Um, it was an honor and a blessing having you on I just love you so much you're so fun and easy to talk to so Kudos to you, my dear. Kudos well, for keeping it
1: real. I love you too, Janet. You're, you know, being on your show, having you on my show, it's like a milestone for me. Not to get to that, you know, starstruck shit again, but <laughs> you are one of the OGs. I saw oh, you early on that. and and I see where you're at now. And you're you're an original. And yeah, uh, I appreciate
0: that. I'm an original something, all right. Yeah. There's Don't not another the like blank. me. make a list of all the words yeah so tell people where can they find you at my dear
1: well conspiracy playtime's kind of in limbo right now you know janet i told you when you were on my show that if you got taken down you would be one of two with davy wavy but since Mm -hmm. then we've had two episodes removed we're on the point where we get one more (laughs) and our YouTube's (laughs) gone. So you can find us at conspiracyplaytime.com, which is not current because we link to the YouTubes. Our Mm -hmm. videos are embedded there. I have spent the last 76 hours trying to move all of our shit to Rumble, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'll let everybody know when that happens. But uh, for Twitter, I'm conspiracy underscore play because I also just got erased from Twitter. I am no longer. Oh, a welcome player. to the Twitter club. Yeah, you're you're like six ahead of me, so I don't feel yes. too special. Uh, mm-hmm. I do feel like Elon Musk erasing me for saying the word "cunt" is kind of a red flag. Everybody should pay attention to.
0: Uh, oh, he would not like me because I had an Australian friend of mine that came on the show a lot that would always go, Yeah, cunt." <laughs> and I was like, "That's one of my favorite things now," because the way he it's said it, violent.
1: It's violent, yeah. Janet. Yeah, in Australia they use con- like we use dude. Yeah, like
0: yeah. a like a happy greeting for people. Yeah. But in the United yeah. States, if you call somebody that, they might punch you in the face.
1: Yeah. Yep. So disinfobation and conspiracy playtime are both on Rumble now, and we're also on all of the audio platforms. Anywhere you look for us, will pop up. Fantastic.
0: So how was it uploading your stuff to Rumble? I don't Uh, have a video home right now, so I'm contemplating what I want to do.
1: I find it's very easy. The thing about Rumble, and I found this out, disinformation, got kicked off YouTube like in week three when Mm -hmm. we talked about Hillary fisting Donald Trump and Bill Clinton (laughs) at the same time. Somehow that got us removed. (laughs) Um, uh, Imagine that. It was just, you know, it was a natural flowing conversation. Somehow ended up in that scenario. Well, uh, I don't
0: understand why they kicked you off for fisting because isn't that, you know, part of your sexuality now? According to the new uh, curriculum.
1: I identify as the fist. Yes. So, yeah, uh, I would say that it's, other than YouTube, it it is the most user-friendly video platform that I've interacted with. I've tried Odyssey, and I would say... Out of the two of them, Rumble's the easiest. The thing is, is you're going to get the majority of the people on there seem to be like the MAGA crowd. Mm-hmm. But since so many people are getting kicked off YouTube now right. for Conspiracy Talk, Rumble is becoming more of like the second YouTube option, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And they did merge with Locals that Dave Rubin started, and it's kind of getting a new scene going on over there, too. So I would recommend trying it. Did you say Locals? hmm Do you know about since- it?
0: No, it sounds like a dating site.
1: It does, doesn't it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, locals is uh, Dave Rubin. Do you know who he is? Mm-hmm. So it's his like social media platform, and I see a lot of journalists. They either go to Substack or Locals or both, mm-hmm. and then Locals merged with Rumble. So I don't know if they're gonna like blow up into something. That's, that's
0: kind of funny. Locals Rumble. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And you you know you throw Find in there. your you partner here <laughs> yeah. bring your meat net, <laughs> bring your meat net and plenty of probiotics. <laughs> what
0: a perfect way to end the show.
1: Don't forget to take your vitamins, kids.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm dying. <laughs>
1: All right, Janet, love you. Seriously. I look forward to talking to you next time. Dusty and I are going to reach out to you about coming on Disinformation, I think you would make a great, fantastic, guest. yeah, that would be so much fun. I think uh, Chris from Rantcast is next, and after that, I will, I will do a couple without a guest, and I'll reach out to you. Fabulous, fabulous.
0: So uh, for me and for the lovely Colby, we will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for your support. Make sure you go and like, subscribe, share, comment, download their show, and don't forget to do it on mine or I will poke you in the pooper. Anyway, (laughs) love you all very much and we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye.